The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact Mitch Melton today for all of your landscaping needs at 317-694-9763. Shroff Landscaping, design with you in mind. This is Carson Owers from the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Tanner Lee, Evan Webb, and Andrew Eiler. Look, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab by now. He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellick and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to him. More in space. A burst of speed. A place down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Touchback. Touchdown. It is intercepted. Bailey the other way. Marcus Bailey. Today, September 10th, 2019. You're listening to another edition of the Boiler Breakdown. I'm Tanner Lee. You should know me by now, of course, unless you're listening to our podcast for the first time, then welcome. And alongside with me, my co-host Evan Webb and Andrew Eiler, who is back from his one week absence. What's going right. on, guys? What's on what's going on, guys? How much Tanner? How about you? Uh, getting uh, another day closer to game day. Exactly. Yeah. I'm ex- excited that we actually get a recap of Purdue win for the first time this year. Yeah, it's yeah. a good week to miss, I guess. <laughs> week yeah. for vacation, except it was a crappy way to start vacation. <laughs> you, you did. That wasn't fun to talk about last week no, by any no. means. He wasn't too happy with me because I was not too happy to start vacation. <laughs> yeah, well, let's just – you can blame it on Purdue. I mean, that's <laughs> that's, that's – all right, good motto to go about yeah. in life. So, yeah, Tan, you and I talked last week about we kind of forgot what it's like to lose in football. Not that we're not used to them, just just it's been you know a full off season, but compared to a, a loss in football, compared to basketball, it's such a different feeling because you have to wait a whole week. But <laughs> a week after a win is really fun compared to a basketball win because you might have one in two days, but football you got a whole week to have fun with it. Yep, and you can uh, yeah, you can have fun with it and just kind of praise it a little more and celebrate yeah. it a little more, especially if it's against like a conference rival or just a rival in general or just a conference opponent, I guess. Or the SEC. Or the SEC because it means more, <laughs> according to their fans. But uh, more. Oh, back for more. Hashtag back for more. He <laughs> has been incredible. Uh, the, I mean, I, you know, I was thinking about when I was preparing for this podcast, you know, we should really just – I say this a lot about, you know, like Carson Edwards, even Etwan Moore, Robbie Hummel, uh, guys like that at Purdue that have come through in the last decade. But when it comes to Rondell, we should really just stop and enjoy what we're seeing because he's not going to be at Purdue, I don't think, for four years. He's going to be Absolutely here this year and next year. And I don't know when the next time, if ever, we'll see somebody this good on the football field. Marcellus Moore. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, man, it's I mean, I mean I mean look at Rondell's stats on uh Saturday. He had uh 
let's see here. Um, 220 yards, which is third most in school history, only behind Selwyn Lyman, who had 238 yards against Notre Dame in 2006, and Chris Daniels, who had 301 against Michigan State in 1999. He's um, played 15 games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he keeps getting better. Um, I have this, like, when it – especially if you're talking about Carson Edwards, I feel like – I thought I was going to get used to it, but I feel like even in his last season, Edwards was making plays where I just would just shake my head and just disbelief it for a good reason. And I feel like that on Saturday being at the game, it was just kind of the same thing. It's just he just did some things. I'm like, how? How? Is that even, how do you do that? I think his teammates wanted the same thing. Yeah. Well, did you guys see that picture of a – it was a guy for <laughs> Vanderbilt was on the sideline. It was – I think it was – I don't know if it was the long pass where he caught it. And then ran it like another 15 yards, but there's a I assume I think, I think it was a lineman. Just his his jaw was just to the ground. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> can't can't believe it till you see it. Yeah. Uh, but Rondell's leading the country in yards. Um, he has 24 catches for 344 yards and two touchdowns. ESPN's got him ninth in their Heisman power rankings right now. Or they might have him tenth. Some other website has him ninth. But uh it's already being the top ten after two weeks. That's uh, saying something. Where did, yeah, where did he start? I know there was kind of all over the place. He was like a dark horse. I mean, some he wasn't even on the radar. But Yeah, I mean, still, I think realistically to have a chance, Purdue's going to have to have a pretty darn good season. But mm-hmm. as long as they have a winning record and he puts up crazy numbers, it, who's to say he can't get invited at least to New York? That'd be nuts. That mm-hmm. would be crazy. I mean, it would do so much to eval- evaluate the Purdue brand. Mm-hmm. Purdue football brand and just the Purdue brand overall, which he's already helping to do. Um, but not only did Rondell have a big game in the 42-24 victory over the Vanderbilt Commodores, Elijah Sindelar shattered some stat books too. Not, I shouldn't <laughs> say records because at law schools it probably would be a record, but not at Purdue. Uh, he was 34 for 52 for 509 yards. which The is second six, week in a row in terms of completion and attempts, which is Which is really weird. weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the exact same back-to-back weeks. Uh-huh. His 509 yards is sixth all-time in school history. Um, he did have five touchdowns through the air and one on the ground, yeah. so six total. He's the first quarterback since Kyle Orton with 500-plus yards and five touchdowns in a game. Kyle Orton did that in 2004 against Indiana. He's the eighth quarterback with five touchdowns in a game in school history. And I believe he's the first quarterback to start the year with back-to-back 400-plus yards since Drew Brees in 98. Who's um, that? So, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty good. He, he might have showed up. Yeah, he didn't do anything Monday. Uh, yeah, he's gosh. still not doing anything nowadays. He's not leading cluster drives or anything. That was, that was so fun to watch. Uh, but uh, Elijah's stats on the season, 68 for 104 for a uh, nation leading 300 – or not 300, 932 yards, and he's tied with nine passing touchdowns. Um, to say he's off to a hot start would be pretty underwhelming, but yet mm-hmm. I don't know the last time I can remember a quarterback, at least around my section I set in on Saturday at the game, getting scrutinized so much. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, it's even from – I mean, obviously the Nevada game wasn't fun. We don't have to talk about that one. I mean, he has has his moments to where it's kind of like, oh, man, like what, you've been here five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like – I'm yeah. oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I was going to say, I feel like with Cinderella, there's a lot of 
it's a very wide spread in terms of what we see is we see some absolute awesome things but then we see some really really bad things as well sometimes even in back-to-back plays i mean you have you know i think that the, the first touchdown he threw to um who did he throw to uh, uh wow, hopkins yeah hopkins was just a laser mm-hmm. and nfl throw yeah but then you have the play where he threw the interception where he was a bad snap which you know might isn't and I think Horvath did get hit there too. He like, did. I got Bob. He got Bob back. Like pushed back. Okay. Off. I can see from my vantage point. I, I think he. Uh, the I replay. Think, yeah. I thought it looked terrible too. I was like, yeah. I watched. I was like, what the heck was that? Like, what are you doing? And then I see like Horvath did get like got chipped. Like the guy. I mean, it was kind of a I don't mm-hmm. know play action or not, but I mean, a linebacker hit him and pushed him back. So I mean, still, Sindelar just chucked it and thinking Horvath going to be there and he got hit but gotcha yeah I, I agree the first time i saw it i was like well, i was so mad and then i saw <laughs> like uh kind of a little bit he uh, he does have a bad tendency to make turnovers at bad times but uh besides that i think he's been playing really well mm-hmm. um and really for a fifth year quarterback he's still i don't want to call him inexperienced but a lot of fifth year quarterbacks you look at and you're like he's probably played a majority of his career. Games, well, his, yeah. his redshirt freshman year, he hardly played at all mm-hmm. under Hazel's mm-hmm. system. And then he split snaps his uh, redshirt sophomore year with uh, David mm-hmm. until the end of the year. Then last year was pretty much a wasted year for him. Yeah. yeah. So, so he's still kind of inexperienced, but I don't know. I just thought it was interesting because it's kind of like, man, guys, he, I mean, I know he did have that bad pick, but look at his numbers and that, you yeah. know, a lot, a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot of our fan base, but there's a certain section, especially on Knucklehead Central, that once uh, is ready for the Jack Plummer era. Oh, which I mean, we a, can get into that in a little bit. But. What's, what's the saying? Most popular guy on the team is a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like – I mean, I don't know if this is even a thing. Our parents could speak more to it, but I wonder if we go back to like 98 or 99 what people were saying about Breeze because Breeze was absolutely a guy who would – you know, chuck he threw it. a lot of picks. Yeah, chuck it 30, 40 times a game. And, you know, I would love to hear what, what they say about <laughs> Breeze when, you know, before he became the legend that he is. I mean, obviously the, the 2000 year was a special year. But, you know, leading up to that, like I said, he would, like you said, Andrew, he threw a lot of picks. Oh, yeah. And a good example of that, that, that Ohio State game back mm-hmm. on October mm-hmm. 28, 2000, which – I had a note about that because that is the last time Purdue's rushed for 31 rushing yards or less in a win until Saturday. Um, we had 31 rushing yards and got the win. So, but uh, in that game, he had three touchdowns, four picks. And I didn't know he threw four picks in the game. And if it wasn't for the Seth Morales play, Purdue probably loses because Drew threw one that he was trying to throw away and threw it. And Mike Doss picked it off, ran to the two yard line. And then Ohio State scored to go up right before the Morales That's play right, happened. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, when you drop back and throw 52 times, one or two throws are yeah. probably going to get away from you. Um, I just I just feel like a lot of our fans are forgetting that. I mean, I am a big Elijah Sindelar fan. I've expressed that on this podcast before, so I probably defend him a little bit too much at times. But I, just I, th- think, I think part some- of it, too, is, you know, the last really – I mean, aside from – I guess these two games, I think he played pretty well for the most part. But I feel like the last really good game we saw him play was uh, the bowl game out in Santa Clara two years ago. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. You know, people, all people were remembering are the 
you know, the game against Northwestern where he threw a couple picks to start the game and, you know, just yeah. kind of getting basically benched for, for David. And then he comes back out and makes some dumb mistakes. And it's like, I think people are kind of forgetting what he was able to do on one leg a couple of years ago. Yeah, no, I, I think you're, I think you're dead on that. Um, but he is banged up. It sounds like a mild concussion, which they, there hasn't been, I mean, there's speculation. There hasn't been anything that, you know, hard facts that come out that have come out and said it. This is when it happened, but they think it happened probably on the last play, offensive play for Purdue the game, which he ran seven yards on that third and fourteen. Which, uh, yeah, yeah, which isn't you don't want to see your quarterback running that late in the game. <clears throat> no, um, but I, I don't think he practiced today. I'm not sure. I think Brom's going to keep that as close to the best yeah, as, as, I, as possible. All that's been reported is the coaches pretty much said if Elijah can't go, we have confidence in Jack Plummer, which um, speaking of Jack Plummer, uh, for Purdue fans who don't know who he is, he's the uh, redshirt freshman, has not played in uh, any meaningful action for Purdue yet, of course. He's 6'5", 220 pounds from Gilbert, Arizona, held offers out of high school from uh, Arizona, Boise State, Cincinnati, uh, Colorado State, Oregon State, and Hawaii in interest from a lot of other programs. Um, so I says I did some digging from the past oh two decades or so, and I wanted to look up the day the fre- freshman slash retro freshman debuts for Purdue quarterbacks. Um, there's only been two wins out of all these debuts. Uh, Brandon Hance was successful in his first ever start That's as a Purdue name. quarterback. Never heard in a while. That was in a game at Cincinnati to start off the 2001 season. Purdue won 19-14. A guy named Stuart Swagger picked one off in the end zone to win that game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Later that year, Kyle Orton replaced Hans, Mm -hmm. and um, he lost in his first career start, but I couldn't pinpoint which game was his first career start because even towards the end of the year, like they were both playing a lot. Mm -hmm. So – um, I, I, I can't recall which one was exactly his first start. And then 2002, you had Brandon Kirsch make his first career start against Michigan um, in a close 23-21 to 21 loss. He had 172 yards but two picks that day, but he also ran for 81 yards. And then he kind of was on a rotation with Kyle Orton for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Then he redshirted in 04, and then he was the guy in 05 as a redshirt junior and just struggled. And then he ended up getting replaced by Curtis Painter throughout that year. And Curtis Painter made his first start at number 19, Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. in a 31 to 20 loss. Painter threw uh, 23 for 44, uh, two touchdowns. Uh, No, one touchdown, three picks, but he ran 11 times for 60 yards in the touchdown. Whoa. Uh, 212 yards throwing. Yeah. And then you have to go clear until 2010. We had two different. Freshman start at quarterback that year. Rob Henry made his uh, start as a yeah. as a uh, freshman, um, redshirt freshman, I believe, maybe freshman. I, I don't recall. At number twenty five, Northwestern, in a twenty to seventeen win. He his stat line was re- really interesting. If you look back on that game, he was six for eighteen for forty seven yards, zero touchdowns and a pick. But he ran 16 times for 132 yards in a That's touchdown. Right. Didn't he run one like right up the middle for like 67 like, yards? Yeah, um, yeah. Dan, Dan, Dan yeah. Dierkeen had a good game. Yeah. That Dierkeen, was that yeah. was like Purdue's first ever night game on the Big Ten Network, I believe, because it was a yeah. you know Big Ten Network was still pretty fresh. Mm-hmm. It was only yeah. its fourth year. Later that year, uh, Rob Henry got hurt at a game at Ohio State, 
Sean Robinson had to make his first career start against number seven, Wisconsin, in a uh, 34 to 13 loss. He went 19 for 38 for 141 yards, one touchdown, three picks. And then fast forward a couple of years down the line, Danny Etling against Nebraska in 2013. Uh, it was a 44 to seven loss for the <laughs> Boilers. Uh, 241 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And then the last freshman or retro freshman we've had to make a debut was David Blau against Bowling Green in 2015. He actually had a pretty good game and a 35 to 28 loss. He was uh, 29 for 39 for 340 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. So just a little uh, throwback segment there for uh, all you Purdue fans who like to turn the clock back a little bit. But uh, what what should we expect from Jack Plummer if if he has to go? And I want to know your guys' opinion. Who's taking the first snap on our center Saturday night? Is it going to be Elijah or Jack Plummer? I hope to God it's Elijah. I hope so too because TCU is just built on defense every year, and this is a tough opponent to make your first start. Yeah, I I I don't think it'd be uh, kind of ideal for Plummer. I'm gonna I'm gonna call him Jake Plummer. I know it. Uh, He's from the same state, but not even related. It's so weird. Uh, Every time I look at it, I think I swear I read it, Jake. Jake Plummer. Just, hey, Jake Plummer is pretty good. Yeah. So if Jack Plummer can be Jake Plummer, yeah. I'm all for it. <laughs> um, no, I, I just I, I don't think it sets up real well, especially with I mean TCU just kind of read a little bit of strong defensive line. Purdue's offensive line is a little questionable, especially with some injuries as well from Saturday. Good tackles. The TCU. Yeah, yeah, TCU Patterson defense always always strong strong defensive line and. I don't think a kind of trial under fire would be the way that Plummer would have. He'd have to learn learn quickly, I think. It's, if I were to say right now, I, I would say Purdue's going to be conservative with Symbolar, and I would I would say I bet Plummer starts. That's my feeling. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the buy. buy Purdue's on buy next week, correct? Yeah. Yep. So uh, – yeah, before wow. Big Ten, which I, which which you know I usually hate early up early buys, but I think this one next week's coming out perfect time for Purdue because they have some guys they really need to get healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. would be would be nice. I, that's what I think. I just think they're going to be a little conservative and cautious with Sindelar before Big Ten season. Right. Yeah, he's going to give him a couple weeks off. Yeah, head injuries you don't want to mess with. So I'll probably have to agree with you. No, I agree with both you guys. I mean, I really hope Elijah can play, but if I had to bet money right now, I would I would say um, Jack Plummer makes his first career start Saturday night. Aid no, Aid no, O'Connor is his yeah. backup yeah. on Saturday. So, which would maybe Wait, who is a walk on? Yeah, Aid no O'Connor. Aid no O'Connor. Not O'Connor. O'Connor. Yeah, yeah, Connell. Okay, I was gonna say. No, he's not the backup punter. There's another. There's another one. Who was the pooch pun against Nevada? That's um. That was the quarterback. Yeah, he's number. He's a different number. uh, Different Uh, guy. Yeah. Okay. He's number fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. We know things on the show. I, 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 I'm blanking on his name right now. I said it last week on the podcast, and I'm blanking. Mm-hmm. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. But uh, I think if Plummer has to play, we'll see uh, some more QB runs. He's a little more of a pro-style quarterback, kind of like a David Blau. Um, but 
feel a hell of a lot better if we actually had a run game. Yes, and I'm glad <laughs> you brought that up because we actually I reached out to our fellow knuckleheads on the Golden Black Message Boards and asked if anybody had any questions for tonight's podcast. Mm-hmm. And we had one from Boilers7 who said he just subscribed, can never have enough podcast about Purdue. We appreciate it, Boiler7. Hope you're enjoying this episode. He wants to know, what are your thoughts on the running game and how do we get it going? Concerning. Very concerning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Andrew, you can go first. Uh, I feel like I I trust Brom. I think Brom's going to think they're going to get a little more creative. Um, I think King Daru is going to get a little more involved and more kind of learn the system, get more acclimated to the speed of college football. Plus, I think keep getting Rondell more involved and in kind of end arounds and sweeps and maybe Jackson Anthrop gets a little more touches out of the backfield. Um, just get I, creative with it. I, I think they'll figure it out and they'll have their games, but I don't think it's ever going to be the strong part of the offense. I kind of like what they're doing right now for a substitute for the run game is throwing those quick outs down the line to Rondell or Jackson. And, you know, it's almost <laughs> like a run pretty much, or just those forward little passes that they do yeah. um, mm-hmm. like to Rondell and, and Jackson on the reverses. I think those are, those are pretty good, but I would love to see more of a stable run game just to take pressure off the passing game. So we don't have to throw 52 times, which I'm a passing guy. Anyways, I enjoy passing offenses right. like Mike Leach out and, Washington State with mm-hmm. Air Raid, Texas Tech, all those other offenses. But just not used to seeing we're, – we're used to seeing more of a pass-first offense at Purdue, mm-hmm. but maybe not this pass-heavy. Um, but, yeah, I don't think – Alexander Horvath, I mean, he's good for what he is. And um, Keen Daru still learning. We really need Tario Fuller back. Yeah. Um, I still think he's a ways away, at least according to Jeff Brom from his press conference on Monday. I mean, Tario – Tweeted, you know, one more week or two more weeks. Maybe that's when he gets his uh, brace stuff. off. Yeah, or jaw yeah, off. His yeah. Jaw. I thought he was mm-hmm. getting the st- uh, stitches is the wrong word. The wire, but, kind of the yeah, wire. Yeah, yeah. the wire. Yeah, I feel like he got that out this week or last. I feel like there was something where he was getting it out very soon. Mm-hmm. I, I'm interested to see what kind of padding you have to. Cause I feel like you can't just go out there with a standard helmet after you just broke your jaw. No, because what, um, what's to say you, you're not going to get smacked under the chin again? Exactly, especially as a running back. Um, yeah, I would, I'd like to see King Drew get more touches, but mm-hmm. again, it's he's learning the system, so it's it's that, which I think he and Horvath both had a combined like 19 yards on like two runs, and that was for half the rushing attack that game. Mm-hmm. But, um, I... I, I will say I'm not the biggest fan of Sindelar tucking it or no, 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 no. So, no. I mean, I get it. Like it's no, and I mean it's moderately successful. I mean, he's done okay with it, but I don't, I don't. It's no, that's exact reason why he can't, he's going to be instrumental to the offense. I mean, maybe maybe Plummer is just impressed Brom and Brom's like, yeah, well, I mean, like, yeah, Sindelar, we can move it, and I feel very comfortable with Plummer, which I'm sure he does, but. Um, I never pictured uh, Cinderella rushing six, yeah. seven times a game. No, something. no. I really wish. I, I'm sure you guys feel the same way. I really <laughs> wish we had a healthy Richie worship on this mm-hmm. football team, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, I don't know if we'll ever see him again. Um, yeah, it's too bad. His knees just not coming along like it like it should be. Um, but uh, any more thoughts on the offense? Oh, there was one note. I don't know if you guys saw this. 
according to uh, Tom Dienert of the um, of Golden Black, Bryson Hopkins was in street clothes today. Mm-hmm. Huh. I did see that, yeah. Which is not uh Hopefully, it was just a rest yeah. day or something. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he had class. I, I don't know. Or I, I, I don't no know. Do that. Yeah, not as a senior. That was pretty stupid of me. To say that. <laughs> that usually happens as a freshman. If he had class, uh, like, would he even be there? <laughs> well, there. I remember when I was a manager back under Hope. There was sometimes like guys had exams and stuff That's where it. they would have to leave early, but it was very rare. Um, it did happen from time to time, but yeah, that was pretty dumb comment of me to say without <laughs> thinking that through. But that could be very concerning. I know, I know, I watched the replay of the of the Vanderbilt game again on Sunday night, and Hopkins still wasn't feeling well in the first yeah, half. He was throwing up, mm-hmm. which he oh, said, yeah, he, he said after the game they interviewed him um, that it was just the heat, so it was really hot. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's just a precaution, just let him rest, and yeah. I hope so because he's been good. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's been real good. Um, yeah, I got one other comment on the running game, I guess. Yeah, please. I, do you guys – I, as the other freshman, true freshman running back that came in, Hewitt, do you think he's going to get any – any, if nothing else, just something to spark? You see, if, if Purdue struggles again with the running coming out of TCU, do you think going in after the bye, Hewitt gets a look? Even just – I mean, because he can't play four games and still redshirt. Yeah. Just see what he does. Oh, I, I think he'll get some touches – Eventually this year, I just don't know when. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if Keen Rue's still trying to get used to the speed of the game and the playbook, then that tells you Hewitt's even behind him. Yeah. So, but that's a good question. I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen any action of him at all through the first mm-hmm. two weeks. But um, here's a thought. It just kind of came across my mind. And in, in the creative offensive genius Jeff Brom is, could we see some Jared Sparks in the Wildcats Saturday night? Ooh. Mm. That'd be cool. Former quarterback. Yeah. I was on his first touchdown pass. I had no idea that was his first touchdown. I didn't either. I thought he scored one two years ago. Uh I know he did last year, but I thought he did two years ago. Well, last year was when he kept having, he kept getting either overturned Mm -hmm. the end zone or getting just short and getting overturned. I know he had a few, a couple. I would love to see Jared Sparks throw a touchdown pass. He did throw one last year against Mm -hmm. Illinois. Yep. I know. I'd love. I would love to see him run up so, as Wildcat. And so maybe we have see that some of option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's. Okay. They used to use Justin Siller for that, even when Siller became a wide receiver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So. Um, it's a good. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't really thought. I hadn't thought about Sparks, as much, especially. Yeah. I, I bet I would not be surprised at all if he gets some play mm-hmm. if Sindelar is out. Yep. Yep. Kind of off topic. <clears throat> Did Milton Wright change his number? Yes, he did, and yes. so did Jalen Graham because they didn't want any more mix-ups on special teams. Because I saw that. I was actually talking yep. to your dad, Tanner, at the game. Like we kept seeing seventeen. I was like, "Who is 17? Like, yeah, I, yeah, I brought, I brought yeah. up the roster. I was like, "There's no seventeen on the roster." And after the game, I was like, "Oh, that's one of those Milton." I didn't. He the it. only reason I knew he caught a ball early in the game. Oh, yeah. The PA announcer said Milton Wright. That's the only, only, only what reason I knew. They, he came across the screen, and I'm like, 17? I'm like, Terry Wright? Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I don't know who that is. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I, I, I looked it up and saw, yeah, he changed his number, yeah. Yeah, which is smart. They don't have yeah. to worry about that anymore. And Marvin Grant switched from four to 26. Mm-hmm. He and Rondell okay. were the one the penalty was called yeah, on, yeah. on at Nevada. Yep. So, so that's fine. As long as they're cool with it, the players, yeah. I mean, who cares? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, any more thoughts on the offense before we talk a little bit about the defense side of the ball against Vanderbilt? Um, tight ends were great. Yeah. Uh, who was yeah. the other tight end? I just, Payne uh, Durham. 
Painter, Painter, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like I what I saw out of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah I knew who he was, and then he caught a touchdown pass, and mm-hmm. Rondale was Rondale. Some of those plays were incredible. David Bell. David Bell, David Bell. really good. Catches really good. that uh, had not seen Purdue win kind of those jump balls like that in a while. Mm-hmm. Like He's was- so smooth. Yeah. yeah, so smooth with his route running. Doesn't even look like he's blowing people away with speed, but mm-hmm. it's precise. Yeah. Touchdown pass when he was ten yards behind everybody. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's gonna be like Jeff Brom said Monday. He's gonna be a star for Purdue. It's yeah. it's it's gonna happen. I don't know if this is a, a a stupid worry, but I feel like in the game, for one, Vanderbilt was shooting themselves in the foot with penalties. Yes, left they were. And right. But yes. I feel like there were multiple times when we got a free play off and of not like a, a false or an offside mm-hmm. and Sindelar would throw a pick. And I know it's a free play, but I feel I feel like, I don't know, that was just bothering me. I feel like sometimes you see quarterbacks convert well, them. And that can just be okay. at least a couple times on those offsides plays, Sindelar got hit. Okay. So I think he was just kind of chucking it out. Yeah. Uh, it could be a very stupid way that I like, usually like to see quarterback complete one of those. Yeah. The, sure. Especially when yeah. you've got athletes like yeah. David Bell, Rondo Moore, who's like, okay, just go deep, chuck it up, Rondo, yeah. it, run, run somebody. But, yeah. And at least he is noticing or noticing the situation and just throwing yeah. it up to yeah. hoping. Because we've mm-hmm. had quarterbacks in the past eat that. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. Throw the ball. <laughs> but – uh down it. <laughs> we, we did it. Sparks was awesome. I'm just so sorry. I just seen my. Oh, and yeah. that was a horribly played ball by the oh, yeah. defensive back. Yeah. Uh, he <laughs> was so bad jumping at that. But me and flight yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I was really happy for Jared Sparks. And but yeah. once again, I didn't realize that was his first career touchdown until after yeah. the game. Um, we did have a question from another knucklehead. One, two, three, four. First down. That's a cool name. I like that. Uh, after t- yeah. after. T- after two games, do you think Brom should only have one QB in the rotation? There's clearly separation between Sindelar and Plummer, but wouldn't it be beneficial to give Plummer meaningful experience giving Sindelar's injury history? I've yes, never no. QB rotation, uh, especially with Sindelar. And Brom mentioned it, I think, Monday, just that Sindelar is kind of needs to get into a rhythm. And keep passing, and then it's kind of what we saw a couple years ago when Blau and Sindelar were kind of rotating, and where Brown was kind of riding the hot hand, and that one worked. I mean, maybe I'm just kind of scarred by Danny Hope flipping back and forth, uh, and Bush and Henry and Marv, and yeah, three, three quarterback not two, three. <laughs> and just puts Marvin. Maybe, maybe I just zero ball and have bad memories of that not working, but. um yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Plummer, I mean, get experience when Purdue's up by 40. Yes, but. if it's a, if, if the game's already out of reach, sure. Yeah. But, no, I good question, but I, I, I like just staying with Sindelar yeah. as long as he's healthy. Mm-hmm. I, I like the idea of giving him experience, but as, as you guys both pointed out, it's ride the hot hand. I feel like Sindelar plays so much better when mm-hmm. you know, he, he knows he doesn't he's have, the guy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the guy looking over his shoulder, which, <clears> you know, whatever. Doesn't but, happen, really. Other than hasn't happened, he hasn't had that chance much. No, 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 he hasn't. Like when you said Blau after two years yeah. ago, yeah, Blau got hurt, and that's when Sindelar had on one leg. <laughs> he's an incredible, and then now he's. I mean, he's leading the leading the nation in passing yards and touchdowns right now through two games. Yeah, if he keeps on this pace, he will throw more touchdowns in a single season than anybody, and more yards 
in NCAA history. I mean, it's he's not going to keep on this pace, but if he no. did, um, but if he yeah. continues to have a good year, I think I don't think we'll see him come back for his sixth year next year. I think no. if he stays healthy, has a good mm-hmm. year, he will try to get drafted in the NFL. Which, I mean, I know he's an older quarterback at the age of twenty three, but the guy's got an NFL arm. So mm-hmm. I've seen worse NFL quarterbacks than than him. So. Um, but no, good question. Um, mm-hmm. he, he has one more question. This is our last question for knuckle from a knucklehead. Uh, before we talk on the defensive side of the ball, I wanted to get both of your opinions on this. It's kind of off the topic of the, of the play on the field, but still got to do with game day environment. He goes, uh, what do you think of Purdue cutting the boiler up slash Jaws channel on third down? It was literally, there was literally no noise for third downs on Saturday. Very strange. When I was a student during the breeze years, there was a time when we did the Gator Chomp on third down. So if it's not fixed soon enough, something horrible could develop. Yeah, I wasn't happy when that came out. I mean, I get their re- I actually, I don't know if they ever gave a reason. There I, was no I, reasoning. I know why they did it. At least my opinion. Speculation. Yeah. No, it, it's. I think it's because and I don't even know how. Actually, I think I did. I think it was one of the guys from Hammer and Rails. He had a friend who started it. But when, uh, when they do the Jaws thing, a lot of the students will start chanting "kill," and obviously that's. I mean, it is what it is. But you know, people probably didn't like that, so that's why they stopped it. They've but, been doing that for a decade. I know. I know. <laughs> but, I mean, I get but, it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but, but no, they, it's, they took it away and they started and they played Marilyn Manson's beautiful people, which great song. And just off, off, off. I didn't hear anything Saturday. Yeah, I they, thought it was dead. They, would, they would play music, but then, but then the students were still saying it. Like, yeah. So it's just like, I don't, yeah. I just, crank I up the music, but yeah. actually the Jumbotron will probably blow up if you do that. But oh, that was the point where one of the screens, like, broke i was like oh my god it's <laughs> this awful. is it, this it's is it. <laughs> i don't think it's gonna make it through the year they're gonna have There's to use the no ribbon way. board that ribbon board is awesome oh, and it, it makes the jumbotron look like a hunk of crap from the 80s <laughs> i remember when that jumbotron was like biggest one in the and that was installed like 15 years ago 20 years ago and yeah, the ribbon board is amazing i mean i haven't been to obviously i've been to a game this year yeah. but or last year coming i was like oh my god it looks great from the outside because they've got ross Aide stadium across yeah. the back it looks uh-huh. great but yeah that yeah um yeah i like to see them maybe think of something i mean they, they're they creative they can do something but yeah if you the world collide that's always a fan favorite i saw that too someone other off topic. Someone said, "Bring back, yeah, uh, worlds collide and the jumbo heroes." Absolutely, awesome. It's by far the best intro video yeah. and music yeah. Purdue's ever had. Uh-huh. Not even close. The little the cards. I love those plays. Yeah, jumbo yeah. heroes. Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah, I still think I have mine at my parents' house somewhere. I, I, I swear I have a Ziploc bag. Somewhere. I need to get those. I need to find those. <laughs> but uh, no, good question. Mm-hmm. I I hope they find something to to replace the jaws. Well, do you have any? Do you have any suggestions, Tanner? Uh, ask, the music, uh, ask, yeah. ask the music guy. I'm not here. creative enough. I'm throwing heavy metal out there, so you guys don't want to ask me. So, <laughs> whatever you can get to get the stadium pumped, because third downs are critical. Have you can like even if it just get loud. I mean, yeah. that's like kind of the yeah. standard. Is yeah, play the music. It's like pump the crowd up. Just get everybody to scream. Do, something. do like yeah. a toll. Do a Hell's Bells toll of the bell, like dong or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was thinking like maybe doing like the very beginning to uh, Enter Sandman, but I know that's kind of a Virginia Tech yeah. thing, sort of thing. So it's kind of. I mean, they suck anymore, so we don't. Have to worry about <laughs> 
No, I shouldn't say that, but they're not as good as they used to be. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I like the yeah the beginning of the Hell's Bells. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, or just something like I mean, like with the PA announcer, like saying you know, like, I can, I can just, yeah, yeah, PA yeah. announcers, something that Big George can stand up and just be like, Let's go, Let's go. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's 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 a beast. Um, so you just need George just to have him a video on the jumbotron. Is something else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fun to watch. Because they used to have, you know, through the Jumbo Heroes era, and even that little bit after, they had like player videos that they'd mm -hmm. see like get loud mm -hmm. and stuff, and yeah, really went away from all that. So we call a transition to talking about defense now. Since we're talking yes. About <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> One thing I there's a couple things about defense I'm really happy about. One, Nick Holt is back on the field. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see that until I got into the game. So it was cool. Well, it was announced last week he was still going to be in the box. Yeah, I was really surprised. They they showed him on the first quarter. They showed the sideline, and he was out there with his glasses yelling. And I was like, "What the heck is he doing?" And I think the, I think the players like that a lot more. I know Marcus mm -hmm. Bailey talked about it. It's nice to have him down there on the sidelines. Um, love the rotation. They, like, they rotated in so many more guys, especially mm -hmm. on linebacker. Jalen Alexander went from playing like four snaps to like thirty mm -hmm. something. Ben Holt snaps went down from like 77 to 51 or two, which he played fine. I mean, I'm yeah. not ripping his play, but I just, if we have the guys to rotate in, let's use a rotation. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Like the, I mean, that's all we heard as we talked about last week was all we heard or through the off season was how deep the defense was. And we did not see that at all last week. Um, no, but yeah, it was nice to see some definitely. They've definitely seemed uh, not as gassed by the end of the game, which I mean, tributes out to or what, but it definitely seemed we were a bit more fresh and it helps that we weren't turning the ball over on special teams. It was nice to see the pass rush get to the quarterback a little bit yes. more mm -hmm. this week, which I mean, there was a lot of pressure on the and Nevada game, but yeah, um, I think that's what I've been happiest with. It just seems like the line has been much more successful, yes, getting to the quarterback, but then as well stuffing the run a lot more. I mean, rather than getting pushed back, like it seemed like last year, maybe at times where they were just getting physically, they're getting dominated by the, by the opponent's offensive line, getting pushed back where they're actually getting push and movement backwards for the offense to stop a play in the backfield. And I, I thought uh, Diedrich Mackey and, uh, and uh, Kenneth Major Jr. played really well. Uh, mm -hmm. Aside of, I think it was Mackey missed the tackle uh, that, in the fourth quarter, that Vanderbilt kind of caught and ran one from like seventy mm -hmm. yards. I think right after, yeah, yeah. but I think those two guys for young cornerbacks have been playing really well through two games. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, but um, still, I'm sure Marcus Bailey flew around the field, but I didn't hear his name called a ton. No, I feel like I, I saw him a lot, kind of like you said, Dan, flying around the field. But yeah, I feel like he. I mean, it could just be. He had a sack, didn't he? Did he have a sack? I'm gonna I'm gonna look up the uh, defensive statistics right now. So, because uh, Barnes got the first sack in the mm -hmm. on the first drive. Um, yeah, I can't think. I can't think of. Uh, I, I thought I saw. I thought I remember seeing a tweet about. He led the team with seven tackles, and he had mm -hmm. that interception. Ben Holt had six tackles. Kenneth Major had six tackles. Anthony Watts had four tackles on a sack. Marcus Bailey had three tackles on a sack. Derek Barnes had three tackles on a sack. Cornell Jones, three tackles. George Kralops is three tackles. Kai Higgins, two. Um, <laughs> Jackson Anthrop, one. <laughs> I was like, huh? Uh, <laughs> Avon Mosley, one. Simeon Smiley, one. 
Um, Lawrence Johnson won. Jalen Graham won. Cameron Allen, nice to see him out there. Yeah. Little pick, uh, won, and Marvin Grant won. So. Has Corey Trice been playing much? I mean, I know he kind of came in last game when uh, I Major got hurt, but – yeah, I, I don't. I haven't noticed him if he's been out there, and I was kind of yeah. excited for him because he's like six three, right? He's yeah, just he's, a, he's a big body. Yeah, yeah. I didn't notice him as much either. Um, I noticed he, Cam, Cam Allen yeah. right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, because he was wearing number ten, his jersey got ripped, and he had to put a number eighteen on, which is yeah, like the jersey they always mm-hmm. carry around. Yeah, I remember they they announced that he was now wearing. I it was kind of half paying attention when that happened. I heard them announce that they were changing numbers for someone. Well, the defense um, TCU is more known for their defense than their offense, but they play a two quarterback system. Uh, they have quarterback Alex Delton, and then they have um, uh, quarterback Max D- Max Dudgeon. Uh, Alex Delton's a grad transfer from Kansas State. Uh, he's more of the uh, passer. He was 16 of 23. No, he was 10 of 22, excuse me. Max Dudge. Well, yeah, yeah, I got those confused. Mm-hmm. Um, Dudge is more of a passer. Um, but it looks like we'll see a good heavy dose of both of those guys. At least that's what they showed against uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff in mm-hmm. week one. Powerhouse. One, one's a freshman, correct? Or is it a redshirt? Yeah, the, the Dudgeon's a freshman. True freshman or redshirt? Uh, that's a so. good question. Yeah, it's a freshman, so okay. Yeah, I, I I'm not real worried about the quarterbacks as much because I don't I don't know that much about them. But again, yeah, not knowing that much about TCU or just other his, historically, I know strong defense, and I know from what I from just the, some minor some scouting reports I've read, it just sounds like offensive line and defensive line are kind of the strengths of the team, which kind of concerns me because. Offensive line for Purdue, plus potentially a true uh, redshirt freshman making his first career start. A little scary. Give me some worries. Kind of <laughs> worry, but I, I don't know. Everybody, I, I did see. I was surprised. I don't know where it's at now. Purdue did open as a three and a half point favorite. It was a pick'em as of yesterday. Ah, and then I was actually on one site today that had. It, it, I don't, uh, I don't remember what site it was. It was an actual book online that had TCU as a one and a half point favorite. So I think if the probably if the plumber's gonna play, then the line's gonna shift, which mm-hmm. is deservingly which so. It probably came out because after it wasn't real clear what happened to Sindelar until Monday. Yeah, after- Monday press conference. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just knew he was banged up after the game, and he wasn't made a. <laughs> Available to the media. Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually Did when he somebody... not played the last series or the last snap. I thought someone said that he didn't do it, but I swear he. he I don't know. He I was in there. there. Okay. Yeah. What I re- what I read was that um, I think Brom. I don't know if Brom if it was a, in his press conference or where that I think the la- the the play that he came out I think was Purdue punted and they didn't have an offensive play after that, but Plummer would have gone in. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha, he gotcha. extended at all. Or yeah. Offensive. yeah, he could because gotcha. he was under he was under a medical tent already getting evaluated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, that just but, think that that was so late in the game that that yeah. happened like that. But um, I thought maybe it happened earlier in the game when he lined up behind lined the guard up. instead mm-hmm. of the center because I've seen that happen with quarterbacks before. They don't know where they are. Yeah, um, yeah. that oh my god, there were two plot. I mean, I think 
So I was watching the game on my phone as we were driving to up in northern Wisconsin, and I, I didn't have sound on. And there were two plays that I was just – I think I about threw my phone. That one, <laughs> that's a safety. I'm like, that's a safety. It's intentional grounding in the end zone. I mean, that's going to be a safety. And then they picked the flag up. I didn't have sound. I'm like, what? What? They called it complete? All yeah, right. it, the ball uh, got past the line of scrimmage when it went yeah. out of bounds. Uh, that was, I did not know the line moving. extended out of bounds. Yep. That's Thankfully, because that could yeah. have switched the whole game. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. That's six I point like, game. Here we go again. Yeah. Punting. Yeah. I, I, I had a here we go again moment when we scored. I thought, okay, here we go. And then they came back first played like 75-yard touchdown. I was like, oh, God, here we go again. Well, yeah. and then uh, or in the first first quarter, I think when they ran the kind of cross in front with Rondell in front of Sindelar and Sindelar yes. little shovel pass, yeah. not having sound. I didn't see like the little flip on TV at first. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a fumble! Like, oh <laughs> wow, all right, we're gonna be down like 14 here, and then and then next thing I know, Sindelar takes the snap. I'm like, what happened? Not, not I- having sound hurt, but. It was interesting. Vanderbilt used a little two-quarterback system. Uh, Riley mm-hmm. Neal played most of the game, but then they played uh, Deuce for a series right in the middle of the third series. quarter. Yeah. Was, I don't uh, think he looked very good. Riley was a transfer from Ball State, right? Yep, mm-hmm. grad transfer. Yorktown, yep. Indiana. Yeah, and yeah. Deuce was their guy last year. I mean, he didn't even have that bad a year, but I don't know. He, uh, we, yeah, I think he, I think he was only in for one series. I don't think they got any. Then any, he came in at the very end of the game for the last okay. series. Yeah, but in the series in the middle of the game, that was after Neil threw a pick, I think. Yeah, and I laughed because the PA guy kept saying, Neil, I'm like, no, Deuce is out three, <laughs> number two, Neil's uh-huh. number six. I'm like, there's a different guy out there. Yeah, I almost texted you to see if you guys knew because I'm sure if they announced there, if you were paying that much attention to the no, yeah, four versus two or something. But uh, yeah, I was not, in the zone Saturday, that. Andrew. I was nah, okay. Tanner's oh, taking notes for the for the podcast. Exactly, man. <laughs> no, no, I was not. But uh, maybe, maybe this week, maybe under the lights, maybe maybe I'll break out the uh, yellow notepad. Um, uh, any other thoughts about the defense going into Saturday's matchup? I, I, I had one thought that I realized. So Holt, I know Holt is kind. Of, I, they're co-defensive coordinators. Mm-hmm. Him and Poindexter. Was there any chance that Poindexter was up? In the press box, I, I mean, they never show him because I mean, Holt obviously is real fiery. I know Poindexter, all the coaches I love. I mean, like Shepard, I love all the guys on the sidelines. And I get being on the sidelines. I just was realizing like he's well, co. Maybe the other maybe Poindexter was up. All right, that's I a saw, good. That's a good question. I saw Barclay and I saw uh, Shepard on the sideline. Yeah, I, I know Shepard's out is down there because yeah. he's on the sideline, pretty animated by Brom a lot on TV. You saw, but. Yeah, there's a good majority of guys up there. Brian Brahms up in the box, mm-hmm. and Jamarcus Shepard's on the sideline. They're co-offensive coordinators. Uh, yeah, so I didn't know if the thought was, okay, Holt, Holt's like, nope, I want to be. Yeah, it could be. He's a backs coach, isn't he? So yes. I, I would say, yes. I feel like he was probably down there just because I feel like just talking to the players. Because, I mean, I know Brian is the quarterback's coach, but you got a quarterback coach on the sideline. I know <laughs> Kevin uh, – uh, Wolfhausen, who is the defensive line coach slash special teams, he was down on the sidelines hmm. during the game. Well, I had some special teams issues a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that all falls on him. There might be a couple of coaches who have no. that responsibility. Yeah. But, I thought, no, but, uh, Ryan Miller's tight ends. I, for some reason, was thinking he was special teams as well. But no, Ryan he's just, Wallace tight ends. Wallace, Wallace, not Miller. Yeah, Wallace. 
Yeah, but no, that's a good question, Andrew. I didn't think about maybe Poindexter being up there. I'll have to look for him Saturday. Yeah, I didn't know if you guys were saw him at any point or real. I thought about that. But uh, it should be good crowd again. I thought the Vanderbilt crowd was really good Saturday, a night yeah. game at Ross State under the lights. Uh, pretty well-known opponent in TCU. I mean, this is a team that was winning Rose Bowls a few years ago with Andy Dalton and making big-time bowl games just a handful of years ago, competing for Big 12 championships. They had a 6-6 six and six year last year. Um, but uh, they look to be strong again this year, or at least in their world. Uh, yeah, it should be an exciting one. Um, I remember when this game was announced a handful of years ago, I was like, oh, my God. We're oh, I know. Oh, that's, oh, yeah, man, that's what you do. The dumpster fire and TCU is going to beat the other games. Like, yeah, this is going to turn out well. Uh, but uh, it's interesting to see these. We, we make our return trip to Vanderbilt in 2029. And we make our return trip to TCU in 2030. So gotta it's crazy that they're able to schedule. I know it. I know it. Programs are going to be so in yeah. 10 to 11 years. I mean, we're going to have a couple national championships by then. <laughs> and both best. Jeff Brown statue will be taken over. Painter, 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 yeah. Statues yeah. up. We can think. We can dream, right? We can. We can dream about this podcast. Yeah, David Blau will be like coaching waiting or something. Yeah. Uh, you guys, you guys want to pick some games before we wrap Let's up? Do it. Go around the Big Ten. We actually do have a Big Ten matchup this week. Just yeah, like we'll we, have, we we had one last year with the yeah. Rutgers in Iowa, yeah. but I don't count Rutgers as a Big Ten. <laughs> it's terrible. Number six, Ohio State's fifteen and a half point favorites at Indiana. Is this the year Indiana finally yeah. knocks off one of the big boys? feeling. They always play them tough. Yeah, they do. And and this is the IU picture game. So oh, yep. <laughs> oh. Yep. I mean, yep. the aerial picture. The game will be all red. Yeah, um, yeah. jacked. I mean, it'll be. I think it's gonna I, be a good I game. don't see IU. I don't see IU winning, but yeah, it's gonna be just kind of standard IU Ohio State game. They play them tough. It'll be interesting in the second half. I think. I think Ohio State pulls away late. Yeah, I think uh, Ohio State wins, but I think Indiana covers that 15 and a half. Um, and that's yeah. a lot closer than I want it to be, trust me. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I I we'll, okay. we'll get a real sense of how Penix is as a QB because he hasn't really played anybody. I, I saw I, another game against Ball State and I wasn't overly impressed, but again, first game of the year and Ball State, so we'll see. And then they played Eastern Illinois. So. East, yeah. Which they were like 31-point favorites or something. I yeah. saw that. Yeah. 29.5 or something. Yeah, they I, won 52-0. Yeah. Their biggest win since like the 40s. Yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. They were 30-point favorites. Yeah, I saw someone – I think it was on Big Ten Network comparing him, saying he might be better than Antoine Randall. So. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Except I, I, Cam Cameron was stupid with the Randall and put him at wide receiver his junior year. Yeah. Which he was, I guess, a wide receiver in the pros, but he was a darn good He's an athlete. Uh, athletic quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know why they ever messed with putting him at somewhere else, but uh, so we're, all, we're all in agreement with Ohio State there. In-state battle here between two non-conference rivals. Pittsburgh travels to number 13, Penn State. Penn State's a 17-point favorite. Andrew had a text our group the other day that Buffalo was right in the game, and then after that, Buffalo got 
Stop. <laughs> well, at halftime, right? Was that at halftime when I said they were down a half, fourteen ten or something? Yeah, like that. and then and then like the Buffalo score after that. Or something. <laughs> Buffalo's punter got Theismann that game. A punter. Yeah. It was nasty. They couldn't show the replay. It was na- on a blocked punt. Jeez. He broke his leg. Yeah, it was nasty. Mm. But I like Penn State in this game over Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh is not very good anymore. Yeah, anything. The surprise team in the Big Ten, the 2-0, number 21-ranked Maryland Terrapins. I had them going 3-9 this year, by the way. Um, First time they've been ranked since they moved into the Big Ten. They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites at the Temple Owls. The high-powered Maryland offense. So, uh, Justin Jackson's been a captain for them. Uh, Anthony McFarland. They've scored 79-49, and Uh I think, back-to-back weeks. I thought they scored like 62. I thought they were like 62 to 20 again. I thought they won by 40. 20, excuse me. Yeah. So they've put up 79 to 63. I guess then they were that last one. I don't know anything. It was against Syracuse. They were ranked. I don't know. They were ranked first. I don't know that much about Syracuse, but still they beat them by 40. Yeah, ranked team. I mean, Uh I like Maryland on the road. What's the line? Uh, Seven and a half. I can't believe they're going on the road for that game. It's yeah, in, it's Temple. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maryland, big. That's a homecoming game. I thought that was going to be an easy one. <laughs> yeah, no. Now I'm like, no, that's not an easy one. <laughs> I want to flex that game. That's a new Man. start. Uh, this, this game I think is going to be an interesting one. Uh, good old Eastern Michigan that we know all too well from last year. Traveling to the 2-0 and Illinois Fighting Illini, who are eight-point favorites. Illinois scraped out a win at UConn last week. Does Illinois win and become halfway to a bowl? Is this, is this in Champaign? Yeah, but they're only eight-point favorites. <laughs> Eastern Michigan's 1-1. Yeah, I can't laugh. We lost. Um, I, think, I think Illinois gets it done. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really hope Illinois gets it done, I guess. I don't know. I think so. I think it's going to be Illinois, but wouldn't be surprised. I'm going with Eastern Michigan. I'm going to be the outlier here. Uh, I think Eastern Michigan gets it done over a Big Ten opponent for the second straight year. I don't know. I I, I just kind of go with that. Okay, what is this year four for Lovey? I mean, there's got to be mm-hmm. significant talent and more depth there, you'd think, that it's going to They're finally decently old. They finally yeah. have a lot of juniors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't yeah. know. I just like to make fun of Illinois, so I'm taking Eastern Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's- we got Georgia Southern at Minnesota. Minnesota's a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. They escaped a double overtime win against at Fresno State over the weekend. He was wearing uh, a hideous jacket. He looked like a McDonald's worker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Minnesota a raincoat. <laughs> it looked like a raincoat. Uh, uh, he, hey, he's rowing his boat, man. He's ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Minnesota has a bye also next week, so we're both going to be coming off buys. There's a chance they could possibly be ranked if they get the, past this game at Georgia Southern and some other upsets happen by the time they come into Ross Aid. I'm all for that. I do, I do think they get past Georgia Southern here. Yeah, I think. As much as I would, yeah. As much as I'd love to see PJ Fleck in Minnesota lose, I don't think it's going to happen this week. Yeah, I, uh, Northwestern. Uh, 
They had a bye week last week. They returned home. Actually, it's their home opener against UNLV. Northwestern's favored by 19. Uh, Northwestern's down to one quarterback, just Hunter Johnson. Uh, Trent Green's son, TJ or JT Green, I don't remember his name. He got hurt during the Stanford game for the mm-hmm. year. So, Dang. Yeah, it's hard to see. Uh, I don't. I watched some of that game. It's hard to – Stanford had a pretty, I thought, pretty good team. At, what was the score of that game? I don't remember. Really, uh, scoring, if I remember. I don't think Northwestern scored a whole lot. Stanford um, won 17-7 week yeah, one. So then Stanford got smacked against USC last week. Yeah, well. But that's football, man. That's football. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think they can get it done pretty easily. I think they're pretty pissed off. I've had to sit on it for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's going to be Northwestern, but – I, I don't think they. I don't think they cover though. No. What's, what's the uh, line? The night, 19? nineteen. Are they going to score twenty points? That's a good <laughs> question. Their offense. I mean, it was against a good uh, Stanford team that's usually good at defense two weeks ago. But UNLV is one of those programs that just sucks. Whereas <laughs> just for years. And, so I'm going Northwestern large. Um, this one's interesting. Um, Arizona State at number eighteen. Michigan State. Michigan State's a thirteen and a half point favorite. Arizona State uh, beat them out in Tempe last year. Um, Arizona State's off to a 2-0 start, but they only beat Sacramento 19-7 last week. And while Michigan State's steamrolling people right now, mm-hmm. even though I think they've played uh, like Tulsa and Western Michigan. If uh, D'Antonio gets this win, he becomes Michigan State's all-time winningest coach. I do think he gets it done. I think he gets it done too. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. a solid program. Yeah. I think they'll cover too. I think they'll cover at 13 and a half. But um, yeah, Herm goes home with a loss this time. Oh, Uh, I forgot he's there. Herm Edwards. Yeah. Yeah. This is the college game day game for Saturday. Number 19, Iowa is two and a half point favorites at in state rival Iowa State. This is always crazy. Yeah, this one's always like a field goal at the end, I feel like, right? Or a blocked field goal or something the last few years. Iowa State's going to be ticked off. They're 1-0, mm-hmm. but they won a double overtime over Northern Iowa. Then they had a bye last week. Iowa's 2-0. They shut out Rutgers last week. They beat Miami, Ohio, convincingly mm-hmm. with one. I liked Matt Campbell and the Cyclones to uh, mm-hmm. I guess pull off the upset at home. Yeah, so, I agree. At home. Yeah. Uh, I guess where's Iowa State? Ames? I, no. Ames. Yep. Yeah, first Ames. time they've ever hosted game day. That place is going to be nuts. Yeah. Iowa State. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, to wrap up the, this week's Big Ten games, we got Northern Illinois traveling to Nebraska. Nebraska is a 14 point favorite coming off a choke job of a loss to uh, old Big 12 rival Colorado. Who do you like? Hmm. I'll take Nebraska. I don't want to, but I will. Yeah. They weren't even real overly impressive week one against uh, South Alabama. I think they they did look good first half last week. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I see Nebraska bouncing back. I think that was that was a tough loss. I mean, kind of somewhat similar, I guess, to Purdue, Nevada. I mean, oh, Purdue, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Purdue came out. Strong. I, I kind of see Nebraska bouncing back. I think Nebraska bounced back as well, but 
maybe this type <clears throat> on them a little bit early on. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. since we hate Notre Dame so much, I thought we'd pick their game as well. Uh, they're number seven in the Michigan game yet. Michigan and Wisconsin are both off, and they play each other next week. I bet that's game day at Camp Randall next week. What do you guys want to bet? Absolutely. Wisconsin hasn't allowed any points in the last 11 quarters, Mm. and they've put up a bunch of points already this year for Wisconsin. Michigan. Michigan's struggling to put up points. Stole the game from. Oh, definitely stole that from Army. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I've been lovely to see Harbaugh lose. Yeah, yeah, that's always welcome on the boiler breakdown. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh, uh, number seven, Which Notre Dame. Sorry, oh. speaking of off topic, speaking of Harbaugh, did you see that? I think it was Ed Ordron was complaining about the Texas locker rooms. Like Harbaugh, it could be a hell of a lot worse. You could be in the nine degree heat in Texas, but yep. you're in West Lafayette. So shut up. Yep. <laughs> Jimmy won't play Texas because he couldn't beat him. Probably oh, he can't yeah. win big games. We'll see if he can finally win one next week. We'll talk about that next week in our picks for next week. But number seven, Notre Dame is a 35-point favorite at home against New Mexico. I think this game was scheduled just because they're one of their past coaches, Bob Davies, the head coach of New Mexico. Mm-hmm. But he's out this week due to medical reasons. So mm-hmm. he's not coaching. But Notre Dame rolls. Just oh, rolls. Yeah. huge. Then we'll see if they're up to the task for to go uh, between the hedges next week at Georgia. That's going to be game day. Who am I kidding? Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that stupid game. It should be Michigan-Wisconsin, but it'll, it'll be, be game day. Game. And it'll be a 28-point Georgia victory. We can only hope. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let me see if there's any other good top 25 games we can pick real quick, any fun ones. I don't think the schedule's very good this week. No, the schedule's terrible. Five <laughs> <laughs> games pretty bad. So... Like I'm it. excited for whenever LSU plays Alabama. Yeah, uh, Burrow looked like a stud the other yeah. night for LSU. That was the best LSU offense I've seen in a long time. Yep. So um, Ed Orgeron's fun to root for. He's a cool dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and and I don't yeah, mind what he says, but he's no, he can't. <laughs> I don't mind when Texas loses. So doesn't bother me. Uh, any closing thoughts? Um, any Purdue basketball notes or anything? Any we didn't give a prediction on the Oh, the, crud. We didn't do our own game. You just don't want to predict this one, Tanner. I, I really don't, but uh, I'll let you guys go first. Webby, you're it. Oh, God. Um, Youngest goes. Yeah. It's, yeah. Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. Um, Picking the boilers in a close one, I, I just can't pick us to lose. At least not if it's not unless we're playing like Ohio State or Michigan or whatever. But I'm gonna say it's gonna be a very close one. We own Ohio State, dude. Wait, That's talk- true. What am I talking about? Uh, <laughs> 27-24. Oh, my heart can't take that already. Nope. <laughs> night game, Saturday night game. That'd be fun. Hey, hey, next thing you're gonna say, Plumber throws like a game winning touchdown, like at the buzzer. I was gonna say, uh. Well, I was about to say come down to the field goal, but I'm not sure. I, I definitely would be able to take that. I, I, I uh, <laughs> no, no. As a Bears fan and a Purdue fan, I can't take special teams right now. Andrew, he can uh, be brutally honest. You don't have to be a homer. I uh, know. Uh, without Cindelar, I think it's going to be really tough. I think Plumper will do fine. I just think. Hopefully uh, everything we're saying tonight won't matter in Cindelar. Yeah, play, but. yeah, <laughs> yeah. If Cindelar plays, I think I feel much better, and I think it's uh, 
I think Purdue's able to score and uh, yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Purdue 30-24. I like it. I will kind of go around those. I'll go I gotta go Purdue with a win. I just can't not do it right mm-hmm. now. Um, before the bye week, get a win, get the momentum going to bye week, get Neil healthy and some other guys heading into Big Ten season. Big night game against a BCS conference. Oh, I'll go Purdue 31 23. Take it. Take that, Harvey. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. I'm a basketball. I was going to say, we had a couple big visitors over the weekend. Uh, four star literally. top 70. Yeah, literally big. Um, uh, Ryan Kalkbrenner. That's your pronounced last name. No idea. Never heard it said before. Um, visited his official <clears throat> visit. Appears to be between us, Stanford, probably us and Stanford, really. Which Stanford just signed a kid yesterday, a uh, top 100 kid. Okay. Power forward, though. Power I, thought, forward, I, thought, I thought that was the other kind of another other offer out there, Ben Carlson yep. from Minnesota, who's a uh, four. It's kind of down to Purdue, Xavier, Stanford, I think. And so that's yeah, I, think- what I interpret as potentially more of kind of taking Carlson's spot. With Carlson, I think Xavier's pushing, making a big push. I think they like sent their entire staff to his house um, for the because Monday was when coaches could start doing in-house or in-home visits. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had David Kalkbrenner. We also had 2021 recruit um, Trey Kaufman from Sellersburg, Indiana, which is Southern Indiana. It's never I don't know if we really ever get kids from down there. Um, it's kind of in that area where Louisville, Kentucky, and IU kind of rule. But he seems to be really high on Purdue. He was wearing a Purdue shirt on visit. I look way too much into that, but hey, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> you also had uh, Ethan Morton and Jaden Ivey were there too, so it was cool to have the remaining two other 2020 commits mm-hmm. there. Um, it looked like just from – I saw them at the game. I saw all the guys there, and then I think they went to Painter's house afterwards, according to – I think Jaden Ivey's mom was posting pictures about everybody there, so it seemed to be – Good visit for both, but Andrew, as we were talking about before the podcast, first of recordings, Colton Brenner was offered by Kansas today, so game on. Yeah, I kind of – oh, no, I wasn't – he's also supposed to visit Creighton, I believe, right? So I guess it's not – I think he's doing Creighton unofficially. This weekend, because yes. I think he's already visited there officially, so I guess – Yeah, and I know Kaufman's going to Indiana officially this week. Mm-hmm. I think it's official. Yeah, it's an official visit. Yeah, I read – yeah. Um, I know they're out. They're all. They are making a big push for other another Minnesota target, um, Dawson Garcia. I think he's now a five star top twenty player, which I know we were on for a while, but I'm not sure if we just kind of moved away from. Who knows? But their fans are thinking they're going to get him. You guys are definitely the boiler breakdown basketball recruiting guys because I just like to shut up and listen because you've been following a lot closer than I am. So I just learned a lot, actually. So hopefully our audience yeah. does too. I know Ben Carlson's visiting this week. End <clears throat> game, so good chance there. I know Monday, I think it was Monday, Painter was supposed to be out visiting Hunter Dickinson, top 30, four-star. Four he's a four-star. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought it was a five. Is he four? Just a high I, four? 
I think he's a high four. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's in the 30, 40 range. I think yeah. Carlton's like 67. Seven, yeah. Five, in yeah. I mean, Dickinson, he's not taking an official, <laughs> which kind of worries me, but he's taking all his officials to places he hasn't been, which I get. Um, I just don't have a good feeling about him for some reason. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It was Duke or North Carolina recently. North Carolina was like his dream yeah. school. He got offered, which they've actually signed some big guys, so I'm not sure there. But one that worries me, honestly, is Michigan. Michigan. So I don't want to play him if he doesn't go mm-hmm. to Purdue. Um, go somewhere is else. Is Notre I Dame still – Louisville, Notre Dame still in there on him too? Louis, yeah. Yeah, Notre Dame. I feel like I've heard less and less about Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, Louisville's in there, but it'll be interesting to see. I know he had Providence in there. I think that's just because they were on him for a long time. Um, more of a and he's thing. he's from out east. Yeah, I mean, he's so from Maryland. He's from something, but East Coast. Yeah, I know the listen to message boards. It's who'd you rather have, Dickinson or Kalkbrenner? Which I'm, I would take either one. I don't care. I think the thing is with Dickinson is he's kind of a play right away type guy, and assuming everybody's back, we just have a log jam at the center position. And Dickinson's an absolute center, whereas Kalkbrenner is kind of he's good, but he's think he's definitely more of a project in terms of developing and maybe he just needs to put on strength and weight. Yeah, I mean he's he's, he's a bad arm, but skinnier. Yeah, he's a rail. Um <clears throat> but he'd be more of somebody you didn't have to play right away or probably wouldn't be mm-hmm. angry if he didn't play right away. Yeah, but if he's skilled enough, he can play. Oh yeah. I mean he, I think he could get to the four. Yeah. I think he can shoot pretty well. He just doesn't have to do that on his AAU team. So but we'll see. Good time for Purdue recruiting all around. Yeah, good stuff. Um, keep the momentum going, football and basketball recruiting. Um, Malik Carr and uh, Bryce Austin are literally a month from tomorrow. We'll be Malik Carr is here over the weekend. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I think both guys are coming. I think yeah. they're both the worst silent commits I've ever did, seen. In my did life. you see but, there was an article in Detroit that someone yeah. posted that literally talked about him and his commitment to Purdue and it's like, I think they're both coming. They're both going to be great additions to this already really good class. Yeah. They'll just get finalized um, a month from now. Yeah. So. I think Malik actually – I think he was playing basketball with the basketball team too. Yeah, well, he to play both. So. Yeah. Hey, more power to him. That's fine. It's just tough to do after a grueling football season, especially when yeah. it's Big Ten play. <laughs> but, yeah. hey, more power to him if he can. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we think he can be an asset, sure, why not? Why so, not? Any closing thoughts? Um, uh, please, for the love of God, let Sindelar play and be healthy. I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see if we can rush for more than thirty-one yards. I like that too. Let's uh, force more than one turnover. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'd like to see a couple turnovers. How about a Rondo Moore punt return? Almost that one. How about a Rondo Moore kick return or punt return that we don't get a holding penalty on? <laughs> yes. Jeez. So. Nope, I just expect a good crowd, Boiler Nation, to show out uh, under the lights. Big Ten Network, 730, TCU. What's the uni uh, combo we're going with? Uh, I hope it's a black. Oh, it's oh, definitely black. chrome helmets. Come on. Oh, it's got chrome helmets for uh, sure. Yeah. I'm hoping yeah. the chrome and then black, black. Yep. Yeah, that's what I'm, I like that. Or if yeah, not black, black, black. black. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I like the golds. The golds are growing on me. I didn't like a new gold like two years ago, but they're growing on me. But yeah, yeah. it's night game. You got you to gotta break out the chromes. For sure, it'd be cool if they had some kind of cool new like combination we don't know about. But I don't, it's I don't cool. We don't even know about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you uh, like our podcast, please subscribe and listen wherever you listen to your podcast. Wherever you're listening to it, 
right now, I should say. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Boiler Break Pod. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow follow us personally. If, if you want to follow me on on Twitter, my uh, handles the underscore t underscore lee. I tweet a lot about Purdue and the Denver Broncos. So if you can put up with that, click the follow button. <laughs> you guys, your handles. Um. Mine is et underscore web, two b's. I don't know what mine is. I just <laughs> we actually gave you a shout out last week, <laughs> and I don't remember. <laughs> it's a r i l e r three, I think. Yeah, r e i l e r three, something like that. You will get your dose of res knowledge if you yes, yes. I think all on our Twitter page on the Boiler Breakdown Twitter page. So just go there. Yeah, that's that's true. Just go to our Boiler Breakdown Twitter or Instagram pages. We have our handles there. So, but uh. Please leave us a rating or review if you uh, like the podcast. We're constantly trying to work and make this better. We're still pretty new at this, so I hope you guys are enjoying it so far. And with that said, let's uh, boiler up, hammer down, and beat the Horned Frogs. Boiler up, sir.